The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. With me in studio, I'm delighted to say, is A.D. McGuinness, who is Executive Chairman of Sigmar. He is a, a founder of Ireland Gateway to Europe, as is Robert McGillifaldrick. Uh, folks, you're welcome. Good to see both of you uh, again. Um, so another trip, Ireland Gateway to Europe, is uh, back on track, uh, heading stateside in spring. A.D., where are you going? So we're going to uh, Atlanta, Austin and Boston. So Austin is new to us. We, we had a small trip to Atlanta previously. Really excited to see new cities. Uh, arguably, as we were saying earlier, a very important time to travel to the US and maintain those uh, those relationships. But uh, and certainly the IDA, as you know, would have encouraged us to look at Austin with, as uh, sort of new tech, new Silicon Valley, Atlanta, huge, deep uh, Irish relations. And Robbie was very keen to develop some of the existing companies that are over there. I think some of Ireland's leading companies are over there and Ireland's influence in some of the big companies in Atlanta is huge. So... Why are you going there? What is Gateway to Europe? What's the purpose of it all? Well, again, as we said previously, initially it was largely about uh, investment coming from US to Ireland. But um, but in the last couple of years, it's very much about the bilateral nature. So really to enhance those relationships way beyond business uh, into sort of sporting, into political, into social. Um, and we've been... I don't know, lucky, but we certainly had access to the very, very top of US business and Irish business. And um, I think developing those relationships for, I mean, not just years, but maybe even a generation to come, maybe, maybe has never been more important. Robbie, why Austin this time? What What's the attraction to Austin amongst all the cities in the States? Do you want the honest answer? Yeah. Yeah. Jess Kelly. Uh, <laughs> new stock. <laughs> Two years ago on a bus. Uh, she recommended it. She's deeply embraced the tech scene and she was right. Mm. So there's been a huge movement of tech companies from Silicon Valley to Austin. Like it's the hottest tech scene in the United States. And interestingly, in Austin itself, Karen, uh, Ireland's consulate is the only European consulate in the city of Austin. So we have unique access kind of diplomatically, politically, and we have like a huge kind of representation of multinational companies who have a long-standing history uh, with Ireland. So you have the likes of Oracle, who just moved their headquarters from California to Austin. You have Indeed, you have newer companies uh, who have invested here as well and scaled. So you have like, again, HP, HCI. So all these companies that have big operations here, long standing. And now we have like a new world of opportunity to develop like a whole new range of relationships. And it starts, I guess, at the very top. And if we look politically where we are right now with the United States, like Joe Biden could possibly be the last Irish American president for some time. Mm-hmm. We have a unique opportunity to kind of leverage that and to kind of build upon that. Uh, and that's what brings us to Austin. And Atlanta, interestingly, Atlanta is really interesting, right? And very, very hot right now. So if you look at the kind of the development of Irish companies over there, so CRH, their, yeah, their US headquarters yes. is there. Smurf, their recent or soon to merger with Westrock, that would be the largest Irish multinational. They'd be headquartered in the US in Atlanta. And then we have a big influx of kind of smaller companies more recently, Swoop, Wayflyer, the real kind of the unicorns and the sunicorns coming from Ireland are setting up operations there. The sunicorns. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I love that one. Um, AD, the, the flight of companies in the Irish Stock Exchange last year, look, it's not something to be celebrated, but I, it does give us a sense of how Gateway to Europe, how it has evolved that, you know, when, when it started, as you say, it was initially about kind of inward investment. And now it's very much the story 
of kind of bilateral investment, companies going in both directions. Yeah, and it's necessary. You're right. I mean, the whole the whole landscape has changed so much over the last number of years. I think we need to be seeing both sides. You know, we spoke in the past, Karen, about the, you know, taking for granted the foreign direct investment. Like we're still the envy of the world. You know, maybe not even pro capita, maybe in absolute terms, in terms of the investment that we get. So if we're not continually looking at where the investment is going and then on a micro level, like I know a lot of them, you've met a lot of them, the Irish CEOs, most Irish companies that expand overseas look to the US for investment, mm. for clients, for partners and and having a good few of them travel together where they are unashamedly exchanging ideas, you know, exchanging contacts, uh, chatting in the bar, absolutely, and uh, learning stuff over there. So, I mean, since we've been going over the amount of companies that want to travel with us, it's wide and varied and, you know, they, they want to go because they yeah. want to learn and get new contacts. And, and I guess there's, there's nobody listening to this show who's not aware of, of the, the sheer scale of our corporate tax receipts over the last few years, up from kind of 4 billion to 24 billion in the space of, of a decade. What people are maybe less aware of, people maybe not directly involved in the types of business ye are or the businesses who, who have benefited from Ireland Gateway to Europe and that work, is that that doesn't happen by accident. No, exactly. And we, we, we certainly wouldn't lay claim and we, we, we absolutely uh, would be very complimentary of the IDA in both sides of the world, complimentary. But, you, but you're right. I think it needs to be worked on for generations to come. I mean, Rob's right. We could be, well, I won't be, but you will be here in 50 years time <laughs> talk, talking about the Joe Biden or the, or, or the uh, Barack Obama sort of Irish influence. Like we talk about Kennedy now, you know, like again, it's the envy. We take for granted while it's happening. Mm. And certainly in the volatile world that we're in, it was a shaky world last year in tech. It was a world for the international tech business and the and the Irish SMEs, but they're still going to the US because investment won't stop forever, and we, mm. we need to develop relationships now for the next five ten years. And Robbie, you mentioned Joe Biden there. Mm. Without getting party political on it, I mean, there's the possibility that the next president uh, has a more protectionist approach, exactly to investment. Yeah, so so that means that we need to double down on our messaging. So again, like there's elections planned for both sides of the Atlantic next year. So it happened right across Europe, possibly in the UK and happening in the US. So again, we can't take this relationship for granted. Like we stand again on the shoulders of those who've gone before us. Like there's been generations of people who've trodden this path. And America is wide. It's deep. Like we go to the east and west coast, typically, sometimes the Midwest. We've been in Chicago with you last year. And we need to look at kind of new centres of opportunity and kind of look not just at what's happening there, but also on a macro level, even look at the geopolitical landscape and look at the kind of the turbulence that's happening right around the world. And Ireland's proposition, again, historically has been based on talent, access to Europe, tax arguably, um, but track record. And now we need to look at a revised proposition and we need to articulate that and we need to tell Ireland's current story. Old maps are no good for the new world. We need to write the maps for today for the world of tomorrow. And that starts, I think, with looking at our unique access to European talent and largely in a fully employed economy globally that we have new ways of developing talent and we have a whole kind of world of uh, like inclusiveness that's very unique here. And if you look at what's happening and playing out, the biggest corporate challenge, I think, for a lot of US CEOs right now is actually how do they deal with reflecting the values of their people into a divisive world. Mm. And that's a really tricky thing. So geopolitically, we are a very safe bet and we are a very kind of well-proven bet for US companies. So our value proposition is evolving and we need to tell it. 
AD, um, is there still space if people want to get involved? I mean, when you look at the people who have been involved in the past, I mean, it's the great and good, not just of business, but of politics on both sides of the Atlantic, culture as well, because you mentioned it's much more than just business and just jobs. Uh, so if people want to get involved this year? Yeah, absolutely. Our Ireland Gateway to Europe.org. And uh, you're right, it's non-commercial in itself, but we welcome the diverse group of companies that have gone over. You know, we're delighted to have most living air teaching, most living uh, ex teaching have, have joined us at some stage, most uh, presidents, political people, they've asked to join us. So anything from SMEs, if you've interest in business doing either way in, across the Atlantic, and again, we're not selling it, we'll absolutely tell you what it's about, but we'd, we'd love to chat to them. All right, listen, it's been great to chat to both of you guys as well. Uh, Aidy McGuinness, Robbie McGill-Faldrick uh, from Ireland Gateway to Europe, and it's IrelandGatewayToEurope.org or just GatewayToEurope? GatewayToEurope.org Gateway to, yes. Apologies. GatewayToEurope.org <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you both very much. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.